Sponsored by the Dunleary Ratdown Local Enterprise Office. You're listening to Business Eye with Joe Dalton and Simon Haig. And welcome to Business Eye. Business Eye is connecting with the business leaders around Ireland each and every week. But before we get started, how are you getting on with social distancing? Are you thinking of your day of freedom and how you will spend it? On a positive note, the more people I talk to, they're starting to discover who they are, having ups and downs each and every week, and they're going through their own internal process. As I like to say, they're becoming consciously aware. On this week's show, I have a great lineup of guests, each of them an expert. Mark Donovan, Leadership, Edmund Carroll, Goal Setting, Eric Fitzpatrick, Sales Presentation, Darren Gavin, Health, Mental Health. Yes, the four of these gentlemen will be sharing their knowledge and wisdom. I'll be asking them questions about business planning, the business community mood out there, the opportunities and possibly the losses. And this week's guest, or one of my guests, is Mark Donovan. Mark is a leadership expert. Mark deals with an awful lot of companies around Dublin and Ireland, helping CEOs understand who they are and how to run their business successfully. Mark, are you there? I am. I am. How are you, Joe? Ah, Mark, great to hear you. You know, uh, I love the calmness in your voice always, Mark. You're like, I'm going to call you like Steady Eddie. Steady Eddie. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me, Mark, how are you getting on with everything? Yeah, um, great, Joe. As I said, um, obviously, uh, a lot of my work, would, you know, would be group sessions with uh, with leadership teams. Uh, but what has, um, you know, what obviously some of that work I've had to adapt um, you know, to do it through, you know, uh, the likes of Zoom and uh, and and telephone um, to, to still give that value. Yeah, tell me, tell me. You know, I know that you deal with a lot of organisations and quite some of them. You know, from say ten people to two hundred and two hundred plus. What is the mood out there of the the leaders that you're speaking to in the community at the moment, Mark? I think the mood is. I think there's a pent up. I think people want to. People really want to get back in and start doing what they do well in in um, in their businesses. You know, I think you know we've probably been in this in this sort of period now, probably you know over four weeks, and I think there, there, there's definitely. I think people are starting to feel a you know a bit fed up being you know being stuck at uh, being stuck at home. I know a lot of people talk about working from home, and that I think it's, it is a benefit to some people, but I think a lot of people are missing the the day-to-day, you know, conversations, the day-to-day interactions, the day-to-day challenges that they get from working in, you know, teams and groups. Do you think people are starting to come complacent? Um, how do you mean complacent, Joe? So, you know, they're where they're just sort of in the rut at the moment. They're working in their offices, but they, as you say, you know, will the social distancing with them sort of ease with them without them realising? Yeah, I think that I think people are definitely becoming complacent. You know, there's probably even a little bit of laziness kicking in. Um, like as as I say to a lot of my clients, I mean, yeah, it's not a perfect um, you know situation, but I'd be saying like, don't lose this opportunity not to be able to do stuff that in the past, you know, the, the most common excuse I hear from senior leaders is I don't have the time. So I think there's, you know, I think definitely there's more time for people to work on stuff. 
you know, even the, the their own development or, you know, the strategy for themselves or the business or even to really challenge and look at, you know, customers, um, you know, how are they serving customers and, and how can they how can they serve them better? Yeah, it's it's one of the things that I'm I'm seeing as well when I'm speaking to a lot of business leaders like yourselves is what's next? You know, how do I, you know, how, what is the interaction with our clients? Again, you're so right there, Mark, about, you know, the time I didn't have to do this project. But are they actually embracing the, this time that they have to do the projects that they wanted to get done? I would say there's a lot of people not. I say there's probably more not than, the, 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 than, than there is. I think that's where I think people will lose an opportunity, you know, in this period not to not to focus on some of that stuff that said that they didn't have time to do in the past. Um, you know, and I, and, and I do think there is, as I said, there is that opportunity to, um, you know, to, to, to really look at that um, and, to, and to kick on themselves and their businesses um, and even, even sort of developing their key people in this period. What about the losses out there? You know, we talk about opportunities, think, but, you know, hitting the losses. I think the losses, I think there's a danger that people will go into, um, you know, people will go into, a, you know, a, a negative, a spiral around things. You know, people will feel, oh, you know, this is, you know, this is, this is futile or this is, um, you know, this is going to be a down. That you know, even the, even the mainstream media would be, you know, be selling down. That you know, we're heading for you know, big recession or even depression. I actually think there's going to be a huge, huge rebound. You know, in Ireland and the world. You know, and we're probably going to come out of this a lot quicker than people think. And it'll. So, I think there's going to be a big rebound. I think you know that the people that will really thrive will be people that are preparing for that rebound uh, now by looking at you know how can I best serve customers. What do I need to do to engage my people more effectively now and not to wait till, you know, we're back? So I, 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 I think there's big opportunities at the moment. It's a real opportunity for getting lean in your business as well. That, you know, if, there's, if you're looking or speaking to, you know, someone in an organisation, they're looking at all their teams, say they've, you know, 100, 200 people or whatever in their team, and they're seeing them, how the company can operate from home. And they're going, well, you know, John isn't really... You know, I'm realizing more about John than I knew. You know, Susan is, is you know, hitting it out of the park. You know, do I need to have these people in the organization when we come back? Or who do we need to have in the organization? And will some of these actually be able to help us cut our costs because they'd be able to still work from home? Yeah, no, I, think it's a, I, I, I think it's a good point, Joe. You know, I think, you know, a lot of organizations will look at you know, the resources that they've got, um, you know, but I always feel that, you know, cutting resources is not always, you know, cutting muscle means, you know, you lose strength. And I think, you know, to me, the more progressive organizations will be looking at, you know, how can we redeploy people to add more value to what we do, to the customers we deal with, and um, and how do we proactively do that? I always wonder, you know, listening to one of the radio stations this morning and they were talking about, you know, getting businesses back. And if a restaurant wants to open up, they have to have, you know, X amount of distance between them and the pubs won't open. And it made me sort of think, you know, if the pubs don't open in the country or if, you know, the restaurants have this sort of blockage, that's going to really affect tourism. Um, because there, I know there will be people in other countries who want to travel. Uh, the other thing as well, 
if pubs aren't open, will it mean that you have to check into a hotel to get a drink? Um, because they'll be the only places that you'll be able to get them. And then, you know, it, it, it reminds me of, you know, Saudi Arabia. You know, there's, you know, if you want to socialize in certain places with alcohol, it was, you know, speakeasies. And will they open up here and everything as well? So I think the government have to be careful the way they do things because there could be a lot of, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Opportunities for Op- people to, um, to, to, to uh, bend, the bend the rules and, you know, go underground. Yeah, I think it's a very good point, Joe. You know, I think, um, I think uh, go, you know, looking at the wider society, I think people, you can already see it now. There's a lot more people out. There's a lot more people congregating and not, you know, not specifically doing the, you know, the two meter, um, you know, social distancing and, and, and at the weather, if the weather improves again as we're heading in, you know, to our summer now in the next, you know, week or two, um, yeah, I think it's, I, I think it's a real challenge. I think it's a real challenge, um, you know, for the government um, to, to 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 do that. Um, yeah, it's, it's there's, there's a lot of challenges for the government at the moment. I mean, I think they've handled things, you know, in my view, extremely well so far and what they've done. I mean, they've made hard choices, which I think in the past maybe some of our governments haven't done. But they've made hard choices, they've made hard decisions, not always popular, but I think for the right reasons. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, they, 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 they have some serious challenges to be thinking about over the next few weeks. I mean, I've, I have a son who's doing the leaving cert, and I think that even that, that um, what would I say, not knowing, you know, when it's going to happen, you know, my own view there would be, it would be to, to, you know, to pick that date. I know you were talking about 29th of July and to, um, you know, if it, if it has to be pushed back to cancelled, so be it. But I think people need a date. Um, you know, they need some something to to hold on to, to so they can walk towards. Yeah, I'm sort of with my kids. We've sort of written off till September. Um, yeah. And is it going to be that the country is going to be sort of on a lockdown or social distancing? Or they're, I know they know they're going to have to ease it because of just the financial aspects. But you know, sort of setting the target date that everything is back to normal of whatever that may be come September. Yeah, I think it's. Um, I will hopefully before the, before them. But 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 I do think that you know the people need something to strive for. Um, you know, people need something, some day to um, to to aim towards. You know, and as I said, even if that date, you know, is pushed back due to you know negative consequences of doing it, that's fine. But I still think people need a date to to to, to, to walk towards. I think the beauty of it all is when we are all back. You know, people easily forget. And, you know, I think then people were by, you know, human nature, we need human connection. And I think people will just get back into the normal routine with things then as well. I think I I believe that certain things have been shown in certain realms that we need to take a closer look at. Um, And yeah, I'm. I know there's, you know, the health health people out there and the doctors and even the, the police were saying that burglaries have dropped, you know, never. There's been no burglaries actually this month at all. Yeah. You know, so there's those stuff on it as well. But yeah, it's, I think the, I think it's it's like press start for the world and maybe we can start looking at 
you know, we got a second chance here, guys. Let's let's make the most of it. Yeah, I love your optimism and that specific point, Joe. But I think you know people will, you know people. We we, we will all just revert back to what we have done and ha- what we have been doing before this happened. Um, you know that, that 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 that's my view, my own view, and I think that will happen very very quickly. As you said there, I think um, people will revert back to you know old habits very very quickly. So you're saying those people who used to be, as we say, a-holes will be back to being a-holes. <laughs> Without a doubt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, even looking at people in this period, you know, I mean, like, like, like people that people that moan and complain, you know, are moaning and complaining in this period. People that are optimistic and people that are forward thinking and looking are forward thinking and, 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 and looking and progressive. So I don't believe people change um change you know behaviors that quickly maybe in another lifetime they may yes maybe mark what sort of tips you're to mark you know you're a positive guy what sort of tips would you offer business leaders out there who you know are moving forward maybe struggling and looking for hope at the end of the tunnel yeah, I mean, I think you know it, it, the the first point I would say is um, you know I think is is to um, you know to, to to really use use that time to look at you know in their own specific businesses you know how can they serve their customers more effectively um, going forward you know and, and um, I think that's I think the second one is is to really you know look at engaging you know your people I mean there's a lot of I mean, every second, uh, you know, error. There's a somebody is putting something out about how to manage people through COVID nineteen. You know, to me, the fundamentals are the fundamentals. You know, whether people are working through, um, you know, through home working or face to face, is show the appreciation where appropriate. Highlight what's not not going well, um, and give people feedback on how you know work with them to improve on it. Yeah. Aligning goals. And helping your people deal with the challenges that they're dealing with. So to me, the fundamentals haven't changed. So, um, so to me, two things is, you know, for senior leaders to really look at, you know, what can they do when we come out of this, which we will. And I think again, sooner than we think and to really engage their people into, um, you know, getting that, that the highest level of engagement and outputs from them. Definitely. You know, and look about embracing technology. Mark, I have to commend you. Uh, you have you've hit the ground running with technology, so you know you're you're a very much of a people person. And I know that with your business, you have to adapt with with technology, like video conferencing and everything. So well done on that, Mark. Well done. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. Mark, if people want to reach out to you um, and offer, you know, connect with you or want to know more about your services, what's your web address there, Mark? Yeah, my web address is uh, basically www.markdonovan.ie. Mark, thanks for coming on to Business Eye. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. Always a pleasure. You're listening to Business Eye, sponsored by your local enterprise office in Dunleary Ratdown. Together, we're making it happen. Yes, and my next guest is Darren Gavin. I want to speak to Darren about mental health because he does work in the health and wellness space. Darren, are you there? I am. Good morning. How are you? I'm very good. I'm very good. We just had Mark Donovan on talking about leadership and oh, yeah. you know and you know it's sort of timely then speaking to yourself about you know mental health because we know that 
you know, there's a percentage of people out there that are suffering from, you know, will will have issues with anxiety. I know that Samaritans, um, they have increased their calls by about 33%, which just brings me to a note. I reached out one, to one of the um, institutes about, you know, telephone support, and they came back to me and said, oh, yeah, we'd love your help. We'll get in touch with you when we're back up and running and you can attend one of our training courses. And I kind of went, you need people like me now instead of yeah. later, which was was a bit of a shock. But we won't we won't get there. You know, Darren, yeah. tell me, how are you coping? How's business? I know you deal with large organizations. You know, there's there's uh, ups and downs. There's different processes going on out there. Yeah. What's happening? Uh, things are really good, actually. Um, so, yeah, as you mentioned, I'm, I'm lucky enough to work in the health and wellness space and also have a huge passion for the whole mental health piece. Um, and some of the things we're involved with, some of the corporate organisations, you just mentioned providers and services. So you may have heard of things like employment assist, employee assistance programmes where people can ring and get support. So if people are lucky enough to work for an organisation that provide that, we're doing a lot right now in that space. Um, we've seen our calls increase. We've seen our interactions increase. Um, and we've seen requests to provide overviews for employees as well. Um me personally, coping, I'm doing okay, as I told you before, I have four kids, so um, life is always interesting, um, but uh, I think we're lucky enough with the weather at the moment that if we can get out and enjoy it and, and we can kind of take breaks, I think that's the, the saving grace, especially in the mental health space, it is important to take breaks. It is, and um, you know, Darren, I remember we met a couple of weeks ago, or maybe a couple of months ago, and we had a good chat, and I could see when I was speaking to you, the energy that was coming from you, and, and, and you I could see that you really, you know, love your kids, you know, you're, 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 you know, when you talk about them, you have that passion and, and it must be nice for you now to have that time, that extra time to spend with your family in, in this moment of, of crisis. Yeah, I think like everybody, um, uh, there are obviously ups and downs in the family life. Um, I think I'm lucky enough as well, Joe, that in the job that I do, I actually have a really good life balance and I think that's hugely important in the, the mental health space nowadays and especially around reducing stigma, etc. I think uh, organisations and people need to understand that people have lives outside of their their brand, I suppose, or their organisation and, and, and we have to be able to enjoy that. So you're right, I really do cherish the time I get to spend with my four kids. But like everybody, there's days where, you know, <laughs> it's tougher than others. Um, and I just put them all out in the back garden and let them play away to, to give myself and Amy a break. But overall, you're right. I think if you take the silver lining and the positives out of what's happening right now, unfortunately, obviously lots of people will, will, will be ill and, and some people will, will pass away, unfortunately. Um, some more in our own family, we had someone pass away, unfortunately. But I think um, from a family unit point of view, with the weather the way it is, with the time that we have, I think the time is precious as opposed to spend with them so trying to look at getting out and going for walks with the kids or whatever you know do you feel that you are going through a whole internal process yourself as the weeks battle on absolutely um i do some guest speaking for independent colleges and one of the things we looked at recently um was the change curve or the transitions curve um and everybody when there's a sudden change like we've just had and, and quite a substantial extreme change everybody sits on this curve at some point and suppose the initial piece is shock um so for me initially it was like oh my goodness is this really happening and then it was 
uh, you know what, it'll be done in two or three weeks. And now we're kind of five or six weeks in and we're starting to talk about months. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's that process of trying to understand what's going on um, but also trying to look at the realistic picture because, unfortunately, with the influence of social media and the news channels on 24-7, that can really impact how you're feeling, especially if you're staying up late and watching these things. It can really, really influence your thoughts and, and overall your mental health as well. So it's important to be able to compartmentalise that and, and remove yourself from it at times. Yeah, you're talking about, you know, it's it's if you can get caught into these news channels that will just pump out fear all the time. Yeah. And, and we've seen, you know, a, a child passing away the same child passing away in six different countries. You know, we have yeah. seen, you know, pictures of of people in gatherings and they're saying, you know, this is what's happening at the moment and you can and you realise that picture is from five years ago or something. Yeah. So there 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 is, you know, that, that selling of fear. And I think people have to sort of realise, hang on, I need to take a break from all this. Yeah. And because it's I put on member putting on the radio, coming in and listening and I switched five channels and I had to get off it because I was terrified after listening to them because of the energy. And I've disengaged from it all um, and I pick up what I want to pick up or what I want to find out. So I'll go to sources like I'll go to, you know, I'll see see what the government are saying and I'll tap into that. But I'm not listening to the likes of the mainstream TV or, mm. you know, satellite channels which are pumping out fear. Yeah. Um, and it is, again, it's about your mental health. And if you do stop and engage with them, it will help you. If I can have a massive influence. Like, So one of the things we talked about on a recent session that we delivered was um, compartmentalising that, as I said a moment ago. So for me, I watch the news at nine o'clock. That's all. I don't engage with social media in the in the current situation sense. Like I still message my friends or have web chats or on WhatsApp or whatever. It's in my buddies that I play soccer with or Gaelic football. But certainly from a, a news consumption point of view or a, the current situation, the COVID situation, the consuming of the information about that, I purposely, deliberately only watch the news at nine o'clock. For 20 minutes, I get the update on how we're doing in Ireland and what's happening. Yeah. And, and and thankfully, the news is actually producing some really good news stories as well. RT News, I, I have to say, is doing very well at the minute producing some of that stuff. But um, overall, I try and engage with the TV at nine o'clock for about 20 minutes or half an hour to get the update on how we're doing in Ireland. And then that's it. But you do have to be, to make those positive changes, you do have to be deliberate. And it is hard work at the start, but I think it will lead people to feeling a lot better about themselves and also give them an opportunity you mentioned myself and the kids to focus on the present yeah definitely and to enjoy the time that we have at home I know oh God, people have lost jobs and as I said lost loved ones so I don't want to take away from that but um, if you are at home and you do have young children instead of maybe so some of the things I've done recently instead of taking out the phone to video my daughter doing a martial arts exam I actually put my phone in my pocket I just sat there and enjoyed it so that type of mentality is Enjoy the moment that you have if it's outside and the weather's nice and the kids are playing. Take that in, you know, instead of sitting there while the kids are playing and looking at social media. 
One of the things I've noticed as well is that people are starting to wake up to the likes of fake news and, and you know, even social media. I'm speaking to people and not people aren't engaging as much in social yeah. media. They're connecting with their friends, but yeah. they're not engaging in the wider aspects of social media fake news because they're questioning it more than ever before. You, you, mm. you mentioned something there um, about sport and about your football. <laughs> and and there's one thing that I think a lot of people deal with mental health through exercise, you know, yeah. getting out, running football, playing golf, you know, yeah. the gym. And that has all been taken away from a lot of people as well. How do you think that's going to evolve? Um, I think, so I can only speak from, in this isolation piece, we're starting to only experience our own lives, really. You know, I'm seeing different things that people are doing, but, for instance, my Gaelic football team that I play with, Blackhall Gale, um, they're doing a thing online where everybody contributes to the WhatsApp group and says what activity they've been doing and posts up their run or their cycle or whatever it happens to be. Then my son's soccer team, Kilcock, they're putting up videos of the kids doing their skills. So it is going to evolve, and I totally get the fact that right now I can't go out and play a match on a Saturday afternoon for that break or go training on a Tuesday night for that break and, and, and that bit of exercise myself. So I have to come up with alternates. And I haven't cycled my bicycle in two and a half years. And what myself and Reese and my little boy do now every day is we go for a cycle down along the canal within the, the radius. So we go two kilometres out and two kilometres back um, along the canal where we live. And, and it's lovely. Um, and again, appreciating those moments. Yesterday we were cycling back and like the, the animals you can hear and the birds and, and, and the river and stuff like that and everybody actually saying hello to each other again Yeah, yeah. it's a really welcome sight because everybody appreciates that this is really challenging for a lot of people but again doing things that I haven't done a long time so jumping on your bike or going for a walk or whatever because we do have the ability within that those restrictions to go and do some exercise like even in the beginning of this, you could see people weren't even talking to people, you know, when you were walking down the road, you know. I think that was a fear piece, it, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. It's, it's like I said to somebody the other day, he says, how do you miss golf? And they go, no, it's the best thing that's happened because I was really rubbish at it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'd be the same, actually, on the golf course, to be honest. Um, so, yeah. Tell me this, um, what advice can you give out to people who may need, you know, just that moment of clarity with what's going on? I suppose everybody has a, a slightly different way of dealing thing, with things. And certainly I've been through one or two mental health instances over the years. Um, I'm not saying I know everything about everything, but at 40 years of age, I've been through it once or twice, especially having young kids and all the bills and this thing called life that we deal with is quite challenging and then obviously uh, I mentioned to you before when in my, my, my personal family circle has been through some difficult mental health moments and I think the important thing is the grounding piece so if you sit down take out a notebook and write down some of the things that maybe are concerning you at the moment and then ask yourself how big is that realistically in the overall context of things. And what you'll find is there might be five or six things bothering you, but actually only one of them might be something that is really challenging. And it allows you to see that in the cold light of day, I suppose. Um, getting out to do a bit of exercise. Um, I, I've often said to, when I'm doing some of the lectures in independent colleges, I've often said the average person has a concentration span of about 45 to 50 minutes. So don't beat yourself up if you're, 
losing concentration after an hour and a half. You, you should be, because that's normal. So after 45 or 50 minutes, if you're working away, step away from the laptop, step away from the phone, make yourself a cup of tea or coffee, go out to the garden or go for a 10-minute walk. And it allows everything that you've been just reading or trying to understand. It allows you to digest that information and then gives you new space when you come back. Um, I always I find personally that that's huge. So for those people that are out there studying at the minute, or those people that are trying to cover off eight hours and make sure they're still getting eight hours, just remember, you're not working from home. You're at home and trying to work. This is something I saw that's yesterday, which I thought was really good. True. So don't beat yourself up about it if it's challenging. Everybody is really finding it challenging, but it's about finding those small um, small wins, small, small wins, wins. Yeah. yeah. And then when you get the small wins, you build momentum. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Darren, where can people, if they want to reach out to you, um, what's your LinkedIn profile, or if you have any details that you can share? Yeah, I'm, I'm Darren Gavin on LinkedIn, um, and uh, they'll find me there, or on Twitter. Um, I have a brand called the Mental Health Guys, um, and I tweet about some stuff there as well. I do a little bit of writing for a Lust for Life, um, the Mental Health uh, blog. So. Yeah, look, if, if anybody wants to reach out even to you and if, if they want to have a chat about something and, and uh, you want to give me information, that's okay as well. Perfect. Darren, thank you for coming on to Business Eye. It's a pleasure talking to you. Anytime. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. You're listening to Business Eye, sponsored by your local enterprise office in Dunleary Ratdown. Together, we're making it happen. Yes, folks. So we've had some inter- interesting conversations so far. We spoke about leadership. We spoke about mental health. And now I'm going to speak to Eric Fitzpatrick about sales presentation. Eric helps people with their sales presentation, especially if, you know, if they're standing up in front of a group and how to express themselves. And Eric's line of work is probably evolving now, especially in this time that we are all in, you know, social distancing. Eric, how are you getting on at the moment? Hey, Joe. Uh, first of all, Mark Fitzpatrick is my significantly smarter cousin. Um, he'd give you a much better interview if he was on today. Yeah. How am I getting on at the moment? Yeah, really good. It's been, as you can picture, like many people in my industry, I've probably lost about 95% of my income back in March. But as we said before we came on air, I think it's been a chance, for me, it's been a chance to take a step back chance to evaluate what I'm doing with my business and then also given the the new normal which is to communicate through these mediums uh, to have a look at how I can continue to help individuals and organizations as they communicate their message through video uh, channels. Eric, you know that I do a lot of business and I do a lot of my coaching and speak to a lot of clients through Zoom. So for me, this hasn't really affected me in any way because I've always been, you know, using technology to enhance my business. Your expertise, I think, is going to really help people embrace new technologies as well because it's teaching them your skills to adapt to them being in conference? Well, I think, I think the big thing is this this medium that we're now all communicating through, it's putting up an extra barrier, an extra fog that we have to get through. And I think firstly, over the last month, people have had to embrace this, but there's been a fear attached to it, and the fear has been around the technology not working, 
not knowing how to present themselves on camera. A lot of people would start it off by looking at the screen when they really should have been looking at the camera so that it appeared to their audience that they were looking directly at them. Good point. Some people are, I mean, one of the things I'm certainly finding with the webinars that I have sat in on is that everybody is speaking way too fast. It's like we have 45 minutes for a webinar and we're trying to cram as much in. And I think one of the big things that everybody could do on these video calls is to trust themselves to have good content, to value their expertise so that they can present that information without feeling like they have to cover too much. I think people are, for all intents and purposes, it's like in some cases people start at the beginning of the webinar and it's like they take a breath then and they don't let that breath out until the webinar finishes. Yeah, it's it's uh, And if there's one suggestion, Joe, if there was one suggestion I could make to anybody, it would be this. Insert deliberate pauses because as a presenter, you need time to take a breath so you can carry on speaking. But also, it's giving your audience the time to digest what's been said. And they don't have the luxury of capturing everything in notes because we are speaking too quickly. So certainly slowing down, getting more deliberate about what people are saying will be hugely beneficial. It's also learning to listen to the person's tonality, looking at their body language as well, especially if you're in a sales presentation um, and you're using technology. You know, you're not in the room with someone, so you have to sort of learn a whole new skill set for you to continue on the process. Well, I, Joe, I'm afraid it's slightly differently. I think it's not so much about learning a new skill set. It's about taking the existing skill set mm. And making it fit into the new circumstances. And one of the things that I would certainly suggest is that in an ideal world, you would still do a presentation standing up because it gives you more freedom to be able to express yourself, both in terms of your voice and your movement, your body language and your gestures. But in those circumstances where you are going to be sitting down. I would be suggesting that where possible, people should be able to see you from, say, your belly button up so that when you are using your hand gestures to support what you're saying, they will convey, they will contribute to conveying the passion and the energy and the enthusiasm for the subject you're speaking about. And on occasions, particularly when it comes to sales presentations, it could be that passion and enthusiasm that is sufficient for somebody to buy into your product, service, or idea. I'm going to ask you something here, Eric, right? When March came, a lot of people started offering an awful lot of free stuff. There was, there was, you know, the crisis management, and everyone was telling everyone how to operate from home, and this is what you need to do. And then there was the, you know, the massive amount of webinars and then people, some people were saying, oh, should I be selling? Am I, am I right to be, you know, in this pandemic, be offering my services for, for money or should I be just giving everything free? OK, and I also believe that there is a place where value your time and there is a place where you can offer for free. But then you have to be able to charge and don't be feeling guilty about charging. So what is your whole thoughts about, you know, the value of time? What's going on at the moment with all the webinars? And then 
really trying to reach out to people to kind of go, look, I I charge for my for 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 my knowledge. Right. So if I if I start with the the bit about valuing our time, one of the great things about this medium, and I certainly see from my perspective where I'm going to absolutely add this into the, the range of offerings. As much as I love getting into the, the classroom, this has to be a, an offering going forward. And, if, and for no other reason, because I was saying to somebody, if, if, if I'm down in Cork doing a half day's training and I finish at one o'clock, I have a quick bite to eat when I'm finished and then I have a drive back home. So it could be five o'clock in the evening when I get back home. That's a day gone for a half day's worth of training. By contrast, some of the webinars that I have delivered recently, they start at three o'clock in the afternoon. They've been finished at four o'clock. And by a quarter past four, my wife and I are out doing our 5K walking exercise. And there's a huge amount, I think, to be said for, I, I think what this pandemic is giving us a chance to really reflect on where we can be spending our time and what is the right use of that time yeah. for us. That's the first thing. The second thing is, I think, number one, it was right that people, I suppose as part of how they were going to embrace this new medium of communicating, it was right that people started doing some free webinars. But there have been too many of them, and they're beginning to lose a huge amount of their value and impact. And I think that at this stage, for people who are selling services and in, in the past would have done it in the classroom, absolutely have to start charging for the services right now. And what I would suggest is I'm not, I heard a great phrase at six months ago, and I got permission to use it, but Joe, if we do a, a one hour webinar, we're not selling one hour's worth of time. We're asking people to pay for what in our case might be 25, 30 years worth of experience. And we're paying, we're asking them to pay to have that experience distilled into a manner of our audience's choosing, which in, at the moment happens to be one hour or two hour webinars. And also, we're tailoring that expertise to reflect the audience that are going to be listening to it so that they walk away getting the most from it. And you, you, you made reference to, to working in sales. And as you know, what I do is it's really about helping people to shorten, sharpen, and strengthen their message so they increase their chances of getting buy into their product, service, and yeah. idea. And if I have one client who listens to me for an hour and they're able to sell their service, and, and I'm going to make a number here, but that service happens to be worth a contract worth 100,000 euro to them over the course of a year paying me whatever amount of money, a small amount of money to sit in the webinar to listen to my expertise more than pays for itself. And I think, and again, from experience, and you'll know this as well as I do, if you don't charge some somebody for something, they don't value it. No. And what can happen on occasions is people organize webinars, a lot of people express an interest, but because they're not paying for it, they can pass it off at the last minute and go, ah, I don't need to, it's not going to cost me any money and something, something else I want to be doing instead. Yeah. I I would agree with everything you're saying. I also sort of feel that 
a lot of there's a lot of information being shared and a lot of it's starting to it's a lot of it's starting to run out of steam would that would would do you get what i'm saying that they're you know they're they've shared their information but now they're burnt out i think there's two things there i think first of all when it's kicked in a month ago there was a need to provide certain pieces of information because for example working remotely was new to a huge number of people. So being able to create webinars that would give them insights that would help them adjust to this new way of working, hugely beneficial. But people have been doing it for a month now. So there isn't the same need for webinars on how to manage your time when working remotely. One of the other webinars that I ran back at the beginning of March when this happened was on dealing with difficult conversations because for many employers or for many leaders, Unfortunately, the conversation that they had to have was in making people redundant or reducing wages or cutting back their hours. So again, there was, and that hadn't been necessary for a while, so there was a need to provide that information. But to a certain extent, those webinars are done. Whoever's needed them has received them, learned from them, and are learning on a day-to-day basis. I think we're at a point now where... And one of the things that I did, Joe, rather than learning how to become better on Zoom or any of the other platforms, what I did was I did a week-long course on being able to deliver training in a virtual classroom environment. So it wasn't just about a one-hour webinar. It was if a client comes along to me to say, we want to do a full-day training, to know what that will look like, to know how it can be managed in a way that the participants aren't going to be sitting looking at a screen for six to eight hours to know how people will get the benefit of it without getting distracted, bored, or feeling like they're sitting there not making a contribution and just listening to a presenter. So I certainly think we're at that point now where it's no longer just about the webinars that were designed to guide people through the start of this process. It's now about how do we empower people to build on and take advantage of and see the opportunity that is in this in this process? And if I can give you one example, yeah, if you take do. a day's training, people finish a day's training, say five o'clock in the evening, and their first thought at five o'clock is, I'm going home. It's, I have to hop on the train. I have to drive two hours back to where I live. It's, I'm going to get stuck in traffic. I got to go and pick up the kids. In a virtual classroom, you potentially can arrange it that they finish at five o'clock, but they finish on the video call at four o'clock. So they now have an hour in which to think through how best to implement some of the ideas that they have learned on the training program. So there's an argument to be made that going forward, while we certainly will return to a classroom environment, there's certainly an argument to be made that making it a blended learning process could be hugely beneficial for everybody around, I think everybody involved. I think that's it, blended. Perfect. Definitely. What are the opportunities or where do you see the future for yourself and your business in the next couple of months? One one of the big things for me, and you're aware of this, Joe, three years ago I wrote a book entitled Persuade on Purpose, which was around creating sales presentations. For those three years, for the last three years, I've been talking about creating an online version of that, of pre-recording the videos, putting it together and getting it out there. 
this lockdown has given me the opportunity to do that. It's given me the opportunity to look at what the online program, how it will appear, um, how I'm going to divide it up. So I plan to have the version one that you buy and you take the content and away you go. But version three will be classed as a six-one program and you get access to me as a training provider as well to help cement some of the the learning. And that's one of the really big things for me because as well as making that available to any individual who wants to purchase it, part of my plan is to put it in front of organizations for their staff and if they're interested, have them pay a monthly fee for making it available to the staff over the course of a year. And if I get that right, I see that as a very, very worthwhile revenue stream for my business. And the other thing that I think is that this particular situation is going to do is I've got to do two things. One, if you give people a chance to have a look at what, where their income is coming from and work out what they can step away from. And I think everybody needs to have a look at that. I think the other challenge, and I don't know if you do anything in the area of negotiations, but I certainly think there's a lot of people who need training in the area of negotiations over the next while because I think one of the things that's going to happen is you're going to have businesses who will book uh, services and because they're being delivered in a virtual environment rather than somebody traveling to a location to the training, you're going to have people who, organizations who will expect two things. One, they'll expect that they can uh, pay less for the service. And two, and this is probably even more important, they will think that they can add as many people as possible to the training because it's been delivered in a virtual environment. And I think that'd be a big mistake for trainers, but also for organizations. There's a reason that people like you and I, when we, when we get into a room with participants, we don't have 30 or 40 people participants in that room because it hinders the learning. It does. It gets, you have 30 uh, or 40 people in a, on, a, on a webinar, on a class, an online platform like this, the same principle applies. It's very hard to cement the learning. There one is. Of the things that I, sorry, Joe. One of the things that I'm just going to say, one, and then, I'm, then I will shut up. One of the things that I have... Um, done when it comes to some of the webinars that I've delivered. I don't I, I use Zoom, but I don't use Zoom webinar. I use Zoom meetings. And one of the reasons I use Zoom meetings because it gives me access to the breakout rooms. Yeah. And in any of the webinars that I have delivered since all of this started, there have been different stages when I've been able to put the participants into breakout rooms, get them to do a little bit of work and then come back and share what they, what they have discussed. And it just makes for a much more interesting and engaging session for the participants because they're not just listening to one voice nonstop for 45 to 60 minutes. It's, it is important. Like if you're setting up and you're doing uh, online training, there's a couple of things that you need to do is one, set the agenda beforehand so everyone is uh, knows what's happening. Um, it's also then just you know small little he- um, house rules, you know, muting and all, all that, all the other pieces of information as well. Yeah. But it's also then when people want to talk, people have a time limit. So you make it is that if someone wants to talk, they raise their hand and they have two minutes, and that's it. And the reason why that's important is because you might get someone who just 
takes up the whole lot and no one is there to to be listened to someone who wants to share their information because they want everyone to know how great they are. Well, uh, Joe, just in relation to that, I think that's a really interesting point you make. And, and the reason I say it's an interesting point is because for people like you and I who are experienced trainers, we will have experienced that in a classroom environment where somebody loves the sound of their own voice and they want to be able to express themselves all the time. And with experience, you get to a point where you don't have to be able to handle yeah. somebody like that. I think one of the challenges as more and more people get online and they're doing it for the first time and perhaps some of them don't have the classroom experience, that could well be the challenge they're going to have. How do you actually stop somebody from taking over and talking for way too long and uh, yeah, disrupting the session? It's, it's, uh, it's a two-minute rule. Two minute rule, um, and I use it. I use it, and it works. Like everyone has two minutes to express themselves, and you know yourself. If someone is continuing on, you say, "Look, let's let you and me have a chat about all this later on," and that's yes. sort of on it. But yeah. yeah, no, it is. There's there's learning processes for for everyone. And, and equally, you know what? And, and you said it, and I think the ground rules at the beginning of any of these sessions are hugely important. The idea that as the host, you're in a position to mute everybody. Excuse me, I think there's real value in making people aware of that. As you said, if you do go on too long and I need to be able to stop you and I don't want to cut across you so there aren't multiple voices, what I'll do is I will mute you so that people can't, nobody can <laughs> no, hear you uh, no. and... No, then you'll hear me. No, Eric, it's and we see that John has left the building as you throw him out of the room. <laughs> John's having internet problems. So to bring out, out he goes. Eric, when are you doing the audiobook? When's the book going to be the audiobook? We've got about two seconds left. Oh, um I hope to have the online thing complete by next week and it'll be no trouble to turn that into an audiobook as well. So you'll have the video version the online program video version and you'll have the audio version as well Eric where can people reach out where can you buy a book give us a shout of your details there please uh, Eric at ARK ARK speaking and training dot com uh, speaking and training dot com uh, 0872851878 Eric Fitzpatrick thank you for coming on to the show um, the pleasure is always Joe you're listening to Business Eye, sponsored by your local enterprise office in Dunleary Ratdown. Together, we're making it happen. Yes, it's been an interesting show so far, folks. We've had some amazing guests all sharing their wisdom. As I said before, leadership, sales presentation, mental health. But one thing that I really want to touch, touch with the base with all of you is, is about how do we plan our future? How do we develop what we want moving forward? I know that we're, you know, in social distancing. I know that people have, you know, desires. They, they're mapping out, they're setting their goals of how they're going to live their lives when this all changes. So my next guest is going to show us how to map out our future by goal mapping. Edmund Carroll. He has been showing hundreds of people around the country to develop their future. Edmund, how are you? I'm very well, Joe. Thanks very much for having me on here this morning. I'm delighted to have you on. I'm intrigued with, um, we all know about setting goals and we all know about, you know, in setting the intentions for the future. But you take it to a different level. You know, the, the process that you have, the process that you're using, 
has helped shape people's goals. And you call it goal mapping. It's all about visualizing, you know, documenting, and then moving forward. Edmund, tell us all about it. Well, goal mapping is a unique whole brain system designed to connect your chosen goals to your subconscious mind so that your subconscious begins to automatically move you towards you and your goals towards each other. So our brain contains around 100 billion brain cells, and each brain cell grows multiple arms called dendrites. All the arms are separated by a slight gap known as a synaptic gap. When you think a positive thought, or when you think a thought in the sense of the brain cell, that travels out along the dendrite arm seeking to make connection with another arm, so that your thought can spread like a pattern of understanding, a a train of thought. Now, if the thought that you have is positive about yourself, about your life, about your business, the positive release releases a chemical called serotonin from the end, the end of the dendrite arms. And serotonin is the chemical that gives you the feeling of happiness and well-being and success. It also acts like a, as a conductor, bridging the synaptic gap and allowing your thought to continue on this journey. If, however, the thought you have is negative, then you trigger the release of another chemical, a different chemical, and releases a, a chemical called cortisone, which gives you the feeling of sadness anxiety and depression. It also acts like an insulator, effectively blocking or limiting the flow of thoughts and ideas. So thinking positively releases the chemicals into the brain and thinking negatively also releases the chemicals, but actually, you're actually held up really as well. So goal mapping is about seven steps. It's about dreaming of what do you want. And you might have several things that you want to achieve. But oftentimes, so I give you the, the basic outline, dreaming what you want, order what you want. So you might have, say, a dozen things that you want to achieve. So, but one thing, putting together, if, 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 i give you an example. An example would be if you wanted to, say, um, build a house. Another example would be, say, to um, have a, get a, pro, a promotion in your, in your job. And another example would be uh, buying a car okay. or changing your car. The promotion in your work would help to pay for your, for your building of your house and the, the, the purchase of your car. So goal mapping is identifying what you want. Now, the, the conscious mind thinks in, in words and the subconscious mind thinks in pictures. So what you do is you write down uh, what you want in personal positive and present tense. Personal is I have, I am. Positive is positive because the subconscious mind doesn't recognize don't. So if you say I don't want to be sad or I don't want to be poor, you're attracting more sadness and more poorness. And present tense, always in the present tense. So after you, so um, you also draw a picture for everything you want because when you go to bed at night, your mind thinks in pictures. You dream in pictures. And as I say that, that, so it's the power of the mind because it's going to your subconscious mind. After you draw your picture, then you bring in the emotional. Why do you want what you want? Because it's the why that will actually drive you to achieving what you want. And then after, after the, the picture and after the why, when do you want it? Because the goal is only... Uh, a wish 
until you put a date on it. And then it becomes a goal. And then, as I say, that what step, the next step is how. How do you go about it? So what steps do you need to take towards the achievement of your goal? And the last part is, who's going to help you with your steps? Now, we provide templates for each of those areas as well. And I'll just give you an example. Traditionally, education and training skills have focused on learning technical knowledge and skills. And without question, these have been vital aspects in achieving success. However, studies show that if five people are chosen for a specific task and all receive the same training, one will excel, three will be average, and another will require additional coaching. And the key difference between these people and what determines your own level of success is known as the DAC factor, your drive, your attitude, and your confidence. So imagine, as I say, that if you were riding a bicycle. Okay. And the back wheel represents your technical knowledge and your skills, while the front wheel, because you can steer it, represents your ability to communicate with people. The difference between the days when we usually pedal our bike and the days when we look for some flat ground or slope is determined by your own level of drive, attitude, and confidence. So the more drive you have, the more focus you have. The more confidence you have, the more, the more happiness you have. And as I said to you, the attitude will actually achieve, help you to achieve your goal as well. It's, tell me this. It, are you touching into the left brain, right brain? Yes. Uh, you're bringing together the words of the left-hand brain because, it, because the left hand side of your brain thinks in words and the right-hand side of your brain thinks in pictures. And the man that started off this, Brian May, couldn't read or write up to the age of 29. He was a million pounds in debt, and uh, he had very bad dyslexia. And he was driving to, and he lives in the Isle of Wight. And he, dri- he was driving to um, London one night and saw this, it flashed across his mind. And his first goal was to uh, develop this program. And then, so he learned to read in, in, a, in space for a year. He got to clear his one million pounds in debt. But his goal was as well to actually lift 7 million lives with goal mapping. That was 25 years ago. He has already surpassed 5 million, including over a million school children. And in fact, a new program has just been launched in the past week. That's, I've shared a link with you, Joe, that uh, the new program to be, that has been launched to give to introduce goal mapping into schools which includes an audio program from the best-selling book of Sam the Magic Genie. I've seen that, and we, we can talk about that, and we can give out the details, because I see there's the family and the school and, as well. That's right. But, so, Ed, Edmund, what I, I just want to just jump back a bit. Yes, I, I, I know that, you, you know, you're very passionate about this, and I remember coming across uh, yourself and goal mapping probably maybe about two years ago might have been and when I heard about it I was a bit sceptical I was going yeah you know this is just another process and but then as time goes on and listening to you and watching some of your your videos that you've been putting up on social media and everything you know the repetition and all it says this guy's got something and I know some people that have actually jumped onto the program and they have because of what you're offering they have hit their goals and these are people who are very you know, professional people in the workplace who have tried goal settings and have tried intentions and everything. And by doing what you are offering, they've actually hit for the first time on it. So what 
What do you think the secret is? Is it you are getting people to really believe in themselves and setting those intentions that they can achieve them? Or is there some sort of magic that that this whole process is offering? Well, if you... Um, I think that if, when, you have a, when you want to achieve anything at all, then you're going to write it out. Because it really it goes back in, into how you're feeling within yourself. If you feel positive about achieving something, then you work towards it. And this and Go Mapping gives you clarity because it gives you a step-by-step process as well. There's no magic with it. It's determination. And the magic or, or the, the, the success of Go Mapping, which has been used by major companies like Microsoft, Coca-Cola, Disney, British Telecom, they're all using this program now across the UK and Europe, and they're finding the success in it. And the reason why it's, success, it's successful is because they're focused. When you, draw, when you write out a goal map, you're writing it out as if you already have it. And you, but you have a picture to do with that as well. When you go to bed at night, you, you actually verbalize your goal map out loud as if you already have it. But because, because then, as I say, that when, you're, when you go to sleep, your conscious mind goes to sleep, but your subconscious mind is actually taking in all this information and helping you to manifest, giving you the ideas to bring it and making it a reality. And again, as I say, the power of goal mapping is getting up in the morning and again, again looking at the pictures and our, our system actually provides you with, a, with the pictures, our online system, uh, as I say to you, and verbalizing the words as well. And it's like having a full breakfast. If you have a full breakfast, you feel great for the day. When you actually visualize and actually say your goal map out loud to yourself every morning, then it's, it's giving you the drive, the confidence, and the focus of actually achieving that as well. And that's why it's successful. And that's why it's, 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 it's been taught all over the world. Do you know, there's one thing that I honestly believe, and I put my hand on heart for this, and I don't normally do this when I'm on on the radio. Um, I would highly recommend um, for people to jump on and do this. And the reason why I'm saying is because we're in social distancing, people have a, a more time on their hands. A lot of people out there are maybe a little bit nervous or worried about what they're doing. Um or are looking for the opportunities for the future. So I think this is great because if someone then you know, goes to the website, which we'll give the details now in a few minutes, that they can actually then have that time to learn of what they need to do and start with, well, one thing, it'll it'll build a confidence up, you know, planning for the future. The second thing is it'll take their mind off what they're doing today as well. And the, and the third thing is it'll give them something every day to look forward to as we release social distancing as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And really, as I say, that, that it's, I have achieved, if in, in my own case, you asked me, you know, how, how successful, in my own case, I set myself a goal of, uh, I went to a goal, a goal mapping workshop in London in 2018, and I set myself a goal of becoming a, a, a coach, a facilitator, and a practitioner. That I, I, that I could actually teach, teach goal mapping in Ireland. And I achieved that. I also set myself a goal of uh, clearing my mortgage. I, I set myself a goal of changing my car. And I set myself a goal of walking down the centre of Los Angeles for St. Patrick's Day in 2020. All of them came true. Only COVID-19 stopped me. I had to change my flights on, on the 15th of March because of the coronavirus. Only for that. Everything that I wrote down has actually come true. And that's the power of it. 
Edmund, I what I love is when you when you talk about this gold mapping, the passion that comes through, and I've spoke to a few people that have engaged with yourself and have used this process, and it, they have said that it has worked for them. So, Edmund, what I would like to do is I I'd, I'd like to if you give us the details um, of where people can connect with you or how they can. Get to download the free um, tools that you're offering as well? Well, people can connect with me through my website of www.edmundcarroll.ie and my, spell is, my name is spelled E-D-M-O-N-D. Uh, the, the link for... Uh, there is um, a, a link that I have that I've, I've given to you as well, Joe, uh, which you can actually... Uh, go in, you actually you get on my, uh, you'd have to message me to my website. I can send you the link. Yeah, perfect. So we send them to your website and then you can send them a link. Perfect. Yeah. The link will, the free link will allow you to go in and make a go map for yourself. And the easy thing about it is that there's a video with a step-by-step process to actually actually walk you through it. So you're not left in any way, in any way hanging at all. And there's a picture library as well that you can, that, that, includes the, the photographs but if you want to upload your own photographs into the into the picture library it, you're very welcome to do that as well the, the system allows you to do that to do that and that's and that's the power of it okay another thing as well is um what's your facebook page because i know that you 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 produce um, some stuff on facebook as well but my, my my facebook page is edmund carl and uh my my business page on Facebook is Edmund Carl IT uh, Math Instructor Trainer and Go Mapping Practitioner. And you've also on LinkedIn as well. I'm on LinkedIn as well. Brilliant, folks. As I said, look uh, if, just to let you know about the the, the, the children's one. Yeah, is, is that the, the children's program is now free of charge to all schools and parents throughout the country. Brilliant. And again, they say they send me the link on that, and I'll send you details on that as well. Brilliant. What we're going to do is um, there's some WhatsApp groups with with uh, parents out there with their kids and I think that uh, if that link is available we'll you know we'll share it out because I think a lot of people will benefit from there um Edmund Joe I I thank you for coming on I think the service that you're providing at the moment is great and um look it's it's for me I've as you know I'm I'm I've made my own process and I'm going to test it out over the next couple of months as well. So um, if anyone out there wants to join that journey with us, let's do this. Let's do it all together. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm available to coach people if they want to read it as well. Brilliant. But Joe, thanks very much. Thanks, really, thanks very much for, for sharing the goal mapping dream of, of lifting 7 million lives. And let's do it here in Ireland and, and planning for the future as well. Edmund, thank you for coming on to Business Eye. All right. Thanks very much, Joe. There you go, folks, and there's some of my great guests on this week's Business Eye. I hope that you enjoyed the show, and we'd like to thank our sponsors, the local enterprise office in Dunleary Ratdown. And if you go to their website, you'll actually see some amazing tools and funding that they're offering people in the community. Have a super, super week, and we'll chat soon. Take care.